two. Hey, everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that's freeing America. Excuse me, and you know I'm still under the weather. But we're freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And uh, we've got Guy Gottslack on. And it's been a while since we've had Guy on. And we've had some really good discussions in the past about Bitcoin. And I thought it would be a really good idea to get him on. And the reason why I thought it would be a good idea to get him on is because people are really fearful of what's going on in the economy right now and what's going on with the dollar. And they're looking for viable alternatives where to put their money, where to invest, and so forth. And I think this is a really good opportunity. And since a lot of people that are coming here now are new to crypto, we thought we'd just do a general information about how the process works and and then the, obviously the service that Guy can offer you as well, too. But if you leave your money in the bank, folks, and just leave it there, I think you're taking a tremendous risk. And and that's not fear-mongering. That's just look at what's happening with the economy and with the banks. Guy, welcome to the show. Glad uh, you could join us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, um, Let me uh, just ask you generally, since the FTX thing happened, and I think that's about the last time that we talked, since FTX has happened, uh, and I think everyone came to the realization, that's a criminal element there. That really has nothing to do overall with Bitcoin and so forth, Ethereum, none of that. Um, how have things been going with uh, crypto investment? I-, I would imagine it's growing. Yeah, definitely growing. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, FTX was just good old fraud. It wasn't crypto related. Um, so you know that obviously sent the industry into a tailspin for a while. Um, and since then, Bitcoin's definitely uh been on a recovery run. Uh, it is up to about forty-one thousand now. Uh, last year, the the gain was one hundred sixty percent. So it started the year, uh, you know, and, and more than doubled uh, since it started last year. So okay, uh, it was a good run for Bitcoin and crypto in general. Uh, yeah, I'd say you know the the industry had a lot of different victories. Right, the SEC was particularly by. Uh, enforcement, right? Uh, regulated by enforcement, and uh, they were suing companies left and right. Um, you know, I think back when we talked, they had already been. Guy, can I get you to move a little closer to your mic? Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good explanation. Um, but, you know, people who are coming here, a lot of them are going to be new to crypto. Uh, because I think we've reached a whole new audience now that realize we can't stay with the dollar and depend on that. So what are a few reasons that you think people should have Bitcoin or any crypto in their portfolio? Yeah, well, reason number one is uh, they control That's Right now, dollar. Guy, we're, I'm sorry, we're not getting you at all. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Can I have yeah, you, you know, let me uh, let me pause this here for a second. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, just had a small technical glitch there. Thanks for your patience. We have Guy back with us. And uh, Guy, what we were talking about was some of the reasons why in this an economic environment today, why people should be looking at Bitcoin and uh, in the related services, why they should look at this as a viable alternative. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I was saying is that, uh, 
yeah, there, there are about three reasons at least I can think of to invest in Bitcoin. Uh, so number one is Bitcoin is uh, an asset outside of the government. It has a limited supply, um, so it cannot be manipulated uh, by any one entity, right? And so with the dollar, obviously, uh, you know, it could lose its value uh, due to overprinting. Sure. Uh, and with Bitcoin, uh, in, in the long run, even though it's volatile, in the long run, uh, it maintains its value and it grows in value. Um, and it's an asset that's outside of, the, of government control, right? And you can own it and hold it just like you can hold gold. Um, you can hold crypto in a hard wallet, uh, which is, you know, it's it, it's in digital form, but uh, you still, you know, own it uh, and okay. hold it yourself, right? Um, so that's the biggest reason, right? Is just to guard against uh, government manipulation of currencies. Um, but then another reason is, it, it's the best performing asset out there when you look over uh, a long horizon. So last year, uh, it grew 160%. Um, the S&P 500 grew 21%. Um, NASDAQ grew about 38%. Um, and when you look over three years and over five years, the performance is even better. Um, and so that's you know the second reason, right? I mean, I think gold and silver are great as well for preserving wealth, but sure. Bitcoin uh, not only preserves your wealth, but it grows your wealth. Yeah, I like that. What what did you say the rate of return was now on uh, Bitcoin? Well, in 2023, it was 160%. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, I have a friend who's yeah, a, so a tra- trader. In- trader. He's a trader in the stock market, and he, he's returning back about 60%. And, and everyone's going, oh, my gosh, how are you doing this? This is like world record stuff. And and that number you just quoted is incredible. That's amazing. Wow. Right. Exactly. And now uh, it's gaining, you know, more legitimacy uh, recently, which we can talk about uh, in a minute. But that means that it's going to continue to grow um, as the big institutions get in uh, and buy more and more and more. Um, you can bet that the performance is, is going to continue to uh, to be the way it is and even better. Yeah, it is. Um, let me uh, take this back to what we had briefly touched on before we had the technical issue. Uh, the issue of Sam Bankman-Free and FTX and the SEC going after companies left and right. Okay, what's changed since we talked about those issues? Yeah, uh, so, you know, the SEC has been suing companies, Coinbase, Binance, um, mm-hmm. and others, right? Um, it's, it's one thing to sue a company like FTX, uh, which is clearly engaging in fraud. It's another to uh, sue companies that are actually aiming to be compliant, right, and having a conversation with the SEC. Um, and so there's been a bunch of this, you know, enforcement uh, by regu- regulation by enforcement, if you will. Um, so since we talked, uh, there was a few victories against the SEC. One is uh, the lawsuit against Ripple. Uh, which is which uh, produces XRP. Um, I don't know if your audience is familiar with XRP, but it's essentially a, a cryptocurrency uh, that uh, w- was very controversial because of a lawsuit um, against Ripple Labs, which produces XRP. Um, the uh, basically Ripple won the lawsuit, uh, you know, saying the ruling said that XRP is not a security, basically, in, in itself. Um, so that was a big uh, victory for the industry. 
the next victory that happened was uh, the uh, lawsuit by Grayscale. Grayscale is an asset manager, a crypto asset manager that had applied for a Bitcoin spot ETF and was rejected. Uh, and the, basically, the judge ruled that uh, the rejection was arbitrary and, and capricious. Um, and that essentially forced the SEC to approve uh, 11 uh, Bitcoin spot ETFs. Um, so that happened on, Jul- on January 10th. Uh, and that's a big, big victory uh, for the industry and you know, helps legitimize uh, Bitcoin. Um, so a lot's happened. Uh, you, you know, it's, uh, there's also a lot of regulation that's being worked on. Uh, nothing has been passed yet. Um, and this year, it might be slow because it's an election year. But uh, the expectation is that in 2025, uh, we'll have some you know, new laws passed uh, in the space, and that will provide more regulatory clarity. Um, and that's going to be even better for the price. You know, just out of curiosity, why do you think the feds seemingly don't like Bitcoin? Is it because it competes with CBDC that's coming? Uh, yeah, in general, they don't like something that they can't control, right? Um, and, you know, Gary Gensler, the head of the SEC in particular, is the arch nemesis of the uh, of the crypto industry. Um, and, you know, the, the reason why is, in my opinion, um, it's because Bitcoin is uh, outside of government control, right? And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't like that, of course. Yeah, they want control over everything. Um, you know, just to kind of go down the one more question with CBDC, um, I, I think they're going to have trouble getting this in. Uh, I was really panicked about two months ago, but... I'm seeing all kinds of problems that they're having right now in, the, in getting this done. Um, will it will it mean the end of Bitcoin if they bring it in? I don't think it will because it's two independent systems, isn't it? No, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. No, CBDC is not even a cryptocurrency. It's not decentralized. Okay. It's centralized. So that means that the government is actually, you know, can continue to produce as much as it wants, just like it does with the dollar. Sure. Um, but on top of that, they can now monitor every single transaction. Um, so it gives even more control, right? Whereas Bitcoin, you know, gives less control uh, to the government because it's decentralized. There's not one person controlling it, right? Um, essentially, you can, you know, I can uh, trade Bitcoin between you and I directly. There's no middleman um, and there's a limited supply. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's very different than CBDC. Well, there's been a lot of uh, uh, hoopla and buzz about the approval of Bitcoin ETF. Can you talk about what that is, why it was approved? Because I got people asking me questions. I, I have a basic understanding, but I don't have enough detail to help my audience. So I hope you could fill in the gaps there. Yeah, I'll try my best. Um, yeah, so Bitcoin spot ETF, it, it's it's an exchange-traded fund. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with ETFs in general, right? But ETFs essentially... It's a fund that contains a basket of assets um, and it tracks the performance of those assets. So you can buy into that fund, right? There's a certain number of shares uh, attached to the the fund and you can buy however many shares you want. Uh, A Bitcoin spot ETF, it's essentially a fund that only has Bitcoin in it, right? And it it essentially tracks the real time, you know, prices of Bitcoin. So you can buy uh, into it without needing to own Bitcoin. Um, and so it, it gives more access uh, to people that, you know, have brokerage accounts with these big companies like BlackRock, 
uh, Morgan Stanley, et cetera, and, and to institutions, right, that have brokerage accounts. Now they can easily uh, buy into the CTF and not have to go and worry about uh, buying Bitcoin directly, which could be complicated, except when you're using my digital money, of course, right? We make it easy. That's the whole reason why we're here. But a lot of people don't know about it. So, you know, for those people, uh, you know, Bitcoin spot ETF could be a good option. But uh, I would just caution against, uh, you know, the fact that you don't actually own it, right? And so, um, you know, that means that uh, if for some reason the fund is mismanaged, um, you know, you're really relying on someone else to manage the fund. You may as well be in the stock market. Um, that's, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, don't, I did, I did like what you just said. It would keep me from doing it. The, uh, yeah, the, uh, but the only it, good thing here is that it, it opens up institutional money and that means it's, it's good for the price, right? There you uh, go. Yeah. There you go. About, there's about $20 trillion now open to, you know, Bitcoin. So even if 1% goes into it, um, it's very good for the price. And, you know, the demand is, is, crazy right uh, on yeah. the first day there, there were over four billion dollars of uh of trades uh, happening with the with the spot ETF. you see that's what i like to hear yeah exactly what, it concerns me and what i was referring to i don't like it is government intervention stuff that's what i don't want to see i want nothing to do with government intervention all i got to say is the dollar that's my one reason um i totally agree with you so when you when you have like a bitcoin etf independent of the meddling government does the managing company are they able to stay independent of the fed well they're never wall street's never truly independent right of, yeah, of okay. the fed uh, or the government right but i mean it's, it's you know technically a separate entity but you know they're they obviously uh you know there's influence right um so that's that's the reason i, I don't like uh Bitcoin spot ETF myself, um, but it opens up access to people that you know, may not have access to Bitcoin now or, okay. or may be afraid uh, to invest. Um, and that's why we had 4.6 billion on the first day. And just to give you context, there were 500 ETFs launched in 2023. Um, and just in, in one day yesterday, they, they had a combined $450 million. And the best one uh, had about 45 million uh in trades um that's compared to four billion for the bitcoin spot etf so it just gives you an idea of how much uh demand there is for it wow that's just amazing it really is um so at this juncture here typical bitcoin bitcoin etf which way would you go personally if you were new to this what would you do yeah absolutely i would go with uh you know either a bitcoin uh you know, IRA, crypto IRA, like what we have in my digital money, which allows you to buy Bitcoin or any other crypto using your IRA. Um, then you basically for long term retirement, it's a great option uh, because you don't have to pay taxes. Uh, and, you know, you have your your gains are sheltered from taxes or, you know, either deferred or tax free, depending on whether it's a Roth or traditional IRA. Um, and that means you can take advantage of compound interest. Right. Um, and so I love that option for retirement. Um, we also do standard trading accounts. So that's short to midterm uh, investing. It's a great option because you actually own the Bitcoin, right? Even though you're not buying it yourself and we're doing it for you, um, it's under your name legally. We can't touch it, right? We're not commingling funds or assets. Um, and so that's why my digital money is a great 
option for that uh, because you know it makes it easy, right? You don't have to worry about creating a wallet and you know you lose your password, you lose your crypto, you don't have to worry about any of that. So it's yeah, ideal there, for someone just getting started. There's another element I really like that you just said though too, is, is the fact that uh, uh, there's no FTX possibility of absconding with people's money for nefarious purposes. Exactly, exactly. And Binance got sued for this very reason, right? For commingling uh, funds, right? And so, uh, and and even companies like Coinbase admit that, you know, in a case of a bankruptcy, you are considered a, a creditor, an unsecured creditor, right? So you're getting in line uh, for Ooh. your money, right? And so that's oh, my. about that with us. See, look, can I explain that real yeah, quick for because, the audience? Uh, because I've covered this in banking. A lot of people think that they own their money in the bank and they don't when they put it in because of the Dodd-Frank law 2010, you're declared to be an unsecured creditor, which means technically the banks can keep your money. The only reason they don't yet is they want you to keep putting more money in uh, so they can lend it out at fractional reserve banking rates, you know, nine, 20 times more than what you put in. But but if they start to fail, they can hang on to your money and cushion their fall. And you're, and, and how does this how does that concept of Dodd-Frank apply to 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 uh, the unsecured creditor part that you just mentioned. Yeah, so yeah, basically, uh, you know, you 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 have to wait in line, right? If if you don't have uh, bankruptcy protection like we do, where the assets are under your name for the benefit of, um, then essentially it's not your asset, right? Uh, if there's a bank run, uh, you have to get in line, and you know, good luck recouping your uh, yeah. your assets, right? That's really good. So, yeah, and so uh, yeah, so so I would definitely read the fine print, you know, when you sign up uh, with any exchange or any platform, right, to make sure that uh, you actually own your assets. Uh, a lot of people fall into that trap. Um, you know, they think if it's a big, popular company, your your money is safe, but that's not true. We saw that with FTX, right? Uh, and you know, the other thing is longevity. I mean. So we uh, are partners with Equity Trust that's been around since 1974. They're a qualified custodian. They're regulated. Their books are constantly audited. Um, and so if you're getting started, you know, do it the safe way. Um, and, you know, ETFs might work for some people if you have a brokerage account. Um, there is some validity in, in using a brokerage account if you already have it. Um, but uh, personally, I, I like to own my Bitcoin directly. Yeah, no kidding. I totally agree with you. So you're saying that with what you do with my digital money, the Bitcoin is under your control and no financial institution can horn in on your money. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, correct. Exactly. So uh, it's, it's in cold storage, right? And it's away from the Internet and it's stored there um, and it's for the benefit of our clients. Uh, and so we're not actually allowed to uh, invest it or do anything with that. We don't commingle. Uh, funds. So we have a, a custodian that holds your assets, um, and that's separate from us. Okay. Um, how do people typically cash in? Let's say they have a good run and they said, well, I want to convert this to uh, American dollar or something else, and then we're going to go ahead and buy something. Or are people actually doing the purchases in crypto now? Um, yeah. So basically what happens is you invest a certain amount of money or, or you roll over or transfer an IRA uh, into my digital money. Then you open up your portfolio. Basically you open up your dashboard. You can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, whatever other crypto you want that, that's on the platform. 
Um, and then once it, let's say doubles, you sell it, um, the cash is in your account, uh, then you can buy back in, right? If it's an IRA, you don't have to worry about taxes. At some point you wanna cash out, you basically sell your assets and you withdraw the, the cash into uh, your bank, right? Right now we don't support, uh, you know, crypto in-kind transfers, uh, but we will in the future. Uh, and that's for security purposes, right? Uh, but basically everything is within your My Digital Money account. Um, and even though you don't have it, you know, the crypto in your own wallet, um, it's still legally yours, right? It's for the benefit of your name. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so for a lot of people, they're looking at Bitcoin IRA, which becomes like a retirement account, of course. And then there's Bitcoin standard trading. Um, what do people typically do? Do they go the standard trading route where they just invest in the Bitcoin and hope it grows? Or do they do the IRA, which is more common? Yeah, you know, the it's kind of 50-50. Um, mm -hmm. You know, IRA used to be a, a lot more popular for, for us, but now we're seeing a growth of uh, cash accounts as well, uh, just because, you know, people are trusting, you know, the government less and less, so they're pulling out, you know, their assets. It's true. Um, you know, there's a lot of fear about the dollarization and, and all that. Um, and by the way, we also offer fractional gold and silver, too. And so... Um, that's always a good option when you want to sell, let's say, you know, you think Bitcoin's at an all time high, you want to get away from the volatility, you could park it in gold, right? And, you know, because you trust gold, you know, will hold its value better than the dollar, right? Um, and so that's always a good option. We see people doing that um, a lot. Uh, people tend to hold though, like, I mean, there's some swing trading, but I, I think this is a long-term investment, right? Um, this is perfect for diversification. If you want to grow your wealth, Right. I'm not saying all you should have is crypto because it's risky, um, but you should have gold. You should have, you know, real estate, you know, whatever, whatever assets that preserve the value. Um, but then you want to have a risky pile, at least in my opinion, if you have some appetite for risk, that's really where your your wealth grows. Right. And that's what I've seen. You know, also mo most of my growth has taken place with uh, my crypto. Do you have the stop actions like you'd see with stock market trading? Like if Bitcoin reaches a certain level, uh, sell or move to gold, do you do, you do those kind of instructions? Yeah, so we, we actually did have it and uh, we, we paused it, but we're bringing it back because we have to change liquidity providers. Uh, but the plan is to bring that uh, back. So basically when uh, a certain price is hit, uh, then you, you can automatically sell or buy. Um, and, you know, with, with that, we're going to have uh, more cryptocurrencies um, because, you know, we're, we're essentially onboarding new liquidity providers. So we'll have more options as well. Well, a lot of people ask about Ethereum. So can we go there for a minute and talk about uh, how Ethereum yeah. fits into all this? Yeah. So Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency, right? Bitcoin, the use case is more around exchange of, of value, right? It's, it's money. Uh, with Ethereum, there's actually actual utility. You can build decentralized applications on top of the Ethereum network. So an Ethereum token essentially powers that network. Um, and so there's more utility there. And uh, it's, you know, it, it grows typically with Bitcoin. Um, but a lot of people think that it's going to grow at a faster rate because there's more room for growth. Um, right. And so uh, the Ethereum ETFs are, are being talked about as well. Um, that's the next one that's coming. Uh, and so I think it's a great option because what we saw with the Bitcoin spot ETF, 
is, you know, a, a buy the rumor, sell the news uh, phenomena where, where, you know, leading up to the approval of the ETF, the price uh, rose, right? And then once the ETF was actually approved, um, it didn't rise anymore. It actually went down a little bit. Okay. Um, and so I think the same thing happening with, with Ethereum right now. Um, so leading up to the approval, you know, it, it's going to grow. And I think it's the growth uh, in the last month has outpaced Bitcoin. So I definitely recommend, you know, looking at Ethereum. Um, it's it, That's what we see our investors do. They, they typically invest mostly in Bitcoin, but also in Ethereum. That's the second largest in our uh, total assets under management. Um, and so if you're a beginner, uh, I would definitely kind of start with those two. Where, where do people go to first? Do they do Bitcoin or Ethereum? And what are the reasons you find why they make a choice? Yeah, so Bitcoin is more if you want to uh, you want to grow, but you, you want the safest option. You know, the, the longest standing cryptocurrency is Bitcoin. It's the most decentralized. Um, you know, so some people do it because it's relatively safe, right? And I'm not saying it's safe, but it's still volatile. Um, compared to other assets, but it's the safest compared to any other cryptocurrency. Uh, it's perceived that way by, by many, right? So that's the number one reason why people invest in Bitcoin uh, for the safety. But the second is, you know, if you're kind of like a Bitcoin maximalist where you like the idea that the founder had, right? Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the whole reason he created it was out of the 2008 financial crisis, right? To guard against that. Um, mismanagement of money right and so you know bitcoin does that the most effectively it's the most decentralized um out there and and that's another reason why you know people choose it right just because of the the ethos of of it okay um, yeah and then and then you know a lot of people choose ethereum because they want to diversify that makes sense and that's why i like that you can park it in gold and silver too um, when you part, let me go back to that real quickly, or just a quick question I would ask is, let's say I went with, uh, Bitcoin and, and I said, okay, I think I've done pretty well here. I want to siphon some off, but I don't want to go to the dollar. I want to go to gold or silver. Do you do the bullion or do you do the coins when you transfer? Well, well, yeah. So what we, we can do both, but, uh, what we have okay. is actually called fractional gold. Uh, and what that is, is. Essentially, we buy a, a kilo bar of gold um, or silver, and then we give you shares, right? And so you can have collective ownership that way, and the fees are, are basically much lower than if you were just buying, you know, a coin and having it delivered. Um, you could do that as well with us. Uh, so basically, if you have a bunch of shares, once you're ready to convert to a physical product, then we have options, right? You can get, you know, bar or a coin or, you know, all a variety of options that are uh, offered by our wholesalers that we we connect to, right? And so uh, we have a plethora of options. Uh, but the main advantage is the fractional shares, right? Because you can buy as little as ten dollars, right? If you go to a traditional uh, gold dealer, then you know there are minimums, right? That are in the tens of thousands. You know, here you can buy as little as ten dollars, and you know you can basically buy today and you have it in your account, right? And then you can sell tomorrow. Um, you know, with if you do that with gold, like traditional gold and silver, then it takes weeks before you can, you know, turn it around and sell it, right? Um, so there are definitely advantages to the fractional product, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it fits very well with crypto, right, in the same portfolio. Yeah, that that explanation makes a lot of sense because that's something I didn't know. 
So if you already have Bitcoin ETF, would there be another reason to have another crypto ETF? Yeah, it's, it's diversification. So, you know, you would want to have an Ethereum ETF just because, uh, you know, you want to have more than one. And, you know, a lot of people think Ethereum is going to grow at a faster pace, right? Because it's the second largest. Um, so it has more room to grow, right? It came out after Bitcoin. Um, and also, you know, as we have more and more adoption, right, with Ethereum, um, as you, we're building more and more real world use cases on top of blockchain, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to, you know, get too technical for users, but there's actually utility, right? And so as this industry matures, there's a lot of room for, for Ethereum to grow, right? And so that would be a second, that would be the reason to have a second ETF, right? Just to have a different asset in it. And now you can have both. That makes, uh, excuse me, that makes perfect sense. Um, when I, when I, when I look at this here, um, is there a balance between Bitcoin and gold? As one goes up, the other goes up. Is there a correlation with movement? Yeah, they, they tend to be, you know, you know, pretty correlated in my experience. Right now, crypto is doing better uh, than gold, but they both tend to, uh, you know, be similar in that this is kind of a safe haven asset, perceived, perceived as a safe haven asset, right? Except that crypto is, is more... Uh, mobile, right? Um, you can easily transact with it. Um, easier to store crypto, right, than gold. Um, you know, it could be safer as well. I don't, I don't trust my my house. Uh, you know, uh, unless you get one of those big heavy safes. Uh, so that's the advantage of you know having crypto, right? Is that it's, it's more portable, uh, but it's seen as a safe haven a- asset. You know, and that that's how I look at it too. Like kind kind of like digital gold. You've heard Uh, that comparison or you've heard that technology. Let me ask a couple mechanical management questions here. Okay, so I've got my Bitcoin. I've siphoned soft off into gold. And now, you know, despite what the World Economic Forum is saying, I think I'm going to be able to keep a car for a while. So I want to go out and pay cash for a car because I've done really well. How do you get that money, let's say, that's in the Bitcoin account? How do you get that to be able to make a purchase from an auto dealer. Could you, could you walk us through a, a typical process? Yeah, well, it depends if the dealer accepts crypto, right? And, and more and more merchants are, are starting to accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there will be, uh, you know, even like Visa and, and other uh, big providers that will allow you to automatically convert your crypto uh, at the point of sale into fiat, right? And essentially make purchases, right? So there's more and more of those technologies coming out. Um, and so it would become seamless at some point, but right now you probably just have to do a transfer from one wallet to another. Um, and there's different kind of wallet providers that you essentially just install, you know, a plugin on your browser, you install it, and then you put in your wallet address and you can basically transfer crypto to someone. Um, the other way to do it is if you're using our platform, for example, you would just sell your Bitcoin and then just do a transfer of the fiat to the bank account of the dealer, right? Okay. Um, or however your bank, you have to go through a bank at, at some point unless unless the uh, dealer accepts crypto, right? Um, and, and that's the thing is you don't need to know how to do it because, you know, we have customer service, right? And so uh, you can always give us a call if you have questions like that. Um, but yeah, it might, the, the gist of it is that as this industry develops, 
um, you're going to have more options to purchase with crypto that's going to be seamless and you won't even have to know how to do it right um, it's going to okay. integrate into the existing framework that we have yeah you, you really jumped on the motivation behind my questionnaire you don't really have to know how to do it because you've got the customer service that will help people do that right so they could call into yeah, your call exactly. center and I'll go, okay, I'm stupid Dave Hodges, yeah. and I don't know much about this, but I've done well with crypto, but I need, I'll need to go make a purchase. What would you advise me to do? And I can get that if I came to my digital money. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the whole reason we were created, to make it more accessible, more approachable, uh, because awesome. it can be scary, right? So here you have a live human. Uh, you know, you can call us. Uh, and you also have a platform you can trade on, right? So for sleeping, you know, you, you can still go and buy 24 seven, um, but uh, you, you can call us and talk to us during business hours. The people I talk to in crypto who are really big into it much more than I am, they tell me that when you get into crypto, you really need to be prepared to ride things out the ups and down crest, but exactly. overall, overall you're going to win. Do you think that's good advice? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I think, if you look at it historically, um, you know, you, you would have won, right? Um, of course, you know, if I invested two years ago um, and then I sold a year later, I, I would have lost. But, you know, if you just wait long enough, right? And, and if you sure. basically have the time and you have time until your retirement um, or, you know, it's not, you're not, you don't need it, that, that those funds for day-to-day -day life, you know, then, you know, it's, it's a great asset to invest in. That is uh, for the long term. Yeah, you can tell I'm fighting something off here, and I'm fighting off the sneeze. Sorry about that, but I, uh, I, I just like I said, my audience has been telling me for a while, Dave, crypto's making a comeback. FTX, that's kind of faded out now. Da da da. Why aren't you doing a show on this? Okay, well, I've done my show. You guys could rate how good of questions I asked, but we could also do a follow up. I hope if uh, people say we didn't ask him this and didn't ask him that, but let me ask you generally. Is there anything I should have asked you that the general public probably needs to know that I didn't get to ask yet? Um, I think you did a good job in covering it. Uh, you know, I, I know that people usually like the question of, you know, where is it going from here? Where is the market going? Um, you know, I, I get asked that a lot. Uh, you know, I always say I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, you, know, you know, you can go either way. Uh, but the way it looks right uh, right now, there's the Bitcoin halving that's coming up in April. That means that uh, the supply essentially uh, is is more capped, right? Essentially, there'll be fewer supplies, so that is very good for the price long term. Um, and with you know interest rates you know, leveling out, um, I think it's going to be a great year. There's a lot of analysts uh, that make pretty bold predictions of Bitcoin going to you know 100k. Um, I don't know Whoa. myself is going to happen this year, but it's definitely happening um, at some point. Right. And so, uh, yeah, again, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm always hesitant to give predictions, but yeah, I think uh, that, you're honest guy. That's a strength. You're yeah, being honest. There's a yeah. lot of bullish. Yeah. You're being honest with uh, yeah. the audience. So here. I, like, um, I, okay. I want to walk yeah, you through a just a uh, positive. Yeah. I'm sorry. Up, right. And, 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 and also, also on the regulatory side, okay. there's a lot going on with, you know, the, the Republican side, uh, you know, coming up with legislation and crypto. So that's going to be very positive, you know, after the elections are, are over. Um, and so there's a lot of good reasons to, to be bullish about 
the price of Bitcoin. Okay. I want to ask you one more question, and it's just kind of a, a mock scenario. So I call in, and I go, hi, I'm Dave Hodges, and I heard this show, and a guy was on it, and he and the host talked about crypto and the advantages and so forth. And so I'm interested in doing this, so tell me how we proceed. How would a person like this, who's kind of a novice, walk, walk them through what they would typically expect when they call my digital money? Yeah, so when you call, if you're ready to invest, you know, if you have any questions about crypto, what it is, you know, what we offer, how the platform works, we, we will answer that. And once you're ready to sign up, we'll walk you through it. Even though it's easy to use platform, essentially takes five minutes, right? You click on get started. Uh, you put in your, you know, your name, your basic information, um, what kind of account you want. Do you want an IRA or do you want an individual account? We also have a play money account that allows you to play around, you know, with fake money uh, just to get uh, a feel for the platform and for investing, right? So there's three different account types that you can select from, right? And then we'd walk you through, you know, the last two pages uh, and through submission, right? And then the next day you're approved. um, And then, you know, we send you funding instructions, how to fund the account to your email. um, And we can also walk you through that on the phone as well. Uh, But it, it takes, you know, anywhere like five to 10 minutes, uh, to wow. sign up, uh, and you know we can walk you through it all the time. That's too easy. I mean, you're making it sound yeah, too yeah, easy. It's, 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 yeah, it's easier than you would think. And, and if you have an existing IRA, uh, you know we have relationships with a lot of the custodians, so you know we could speed things up. But you don't have to worry about it. You know that we automatically do the transfer, um, and we handle a lot of the, the, the you know the painful parts uh, for you. You mentioned the IRA for a second. I want to ask an apprehension question. Um, I would never have an IRA connected to a bank now, ever, ever, because the banks are in trouble. Um, and I'm not forecasting doom and gloom, but I know what I'm seeing. And so, therefore, with um, your organization here, is there danger that people could just lose their IRA and go belly up like it could in the banks? Yeah, well... You know, I can never, I can't say it's impossible, but it's very unlikely. Uh, okay. We work with a qualified custodian, uh, Equity Trust. Uh, they've been around since 1974, uh, and essentially, you, you know, your assets are in a trust, so it's uh, they're not commingling, they're not leveraging your assets uh, for anything else. So your assets are there, even if Equity Trust goes belly up. Legally, those assets are yours, right? And okay. and they are constantly audited. Um, to make sure that the assets are there uh, and that they match, you know, the books, essentially. So uh, that makes perfect sense. So, in my opinion, it's and, and, and yeah, and, and in our history, you know, the, the government has not reached out to into anyone's IRA. That's usually the last place, uh, you know, to to be touched, right? And so, of course, there's always a risk, but uh, in my opinion, it's very low. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that would be the last thing the government would want to do, especially if we're in election year right now. That would be absolutely insane to do that. Uh, the repercussions would be incredible. Well, um, okay, so let's – you're on the show, so let's give your company a big plug here with My Digital Money. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've gotten something out of this. I hope I've met your expectations. But let's take it a step further. Let's say, okay, you want to test it out. Maybe you don't want to do the play money account. Maybe you want to try a small amount to get started. So, Guy, what do they got to do? What, what what steps do they need to take to get in contact with your people? 
Yeah, go to mydigitalmoney.com um, or call us at 833-636-2008. You cut out um, for a second. Go ahead, 833, say that again, yes. please. Uh, that's 833-636-2008. Okay. So that's 833-MDM-2008 because we want to avoid another 2008. And that's why we're buying Bitcoin. Um, and so uh, that's, you know, the easiest way to contact us. But, you know, go to MyDigitalMoney.com uh, if you want to sign up online. And you can you can go to MyDigitalMoney.com and call at the same time even. Okay, so people have the option. They can deal with an agent or you can uh, – now, you don't have these foreign call centers, do you? You just – you have – when you call in, you get real no. people, right? Real people based in the U.S., um, U.S. only. Okay. So no, no, we don't use any offshore uh, call yeah. centers. Yeah, and, you know, to me, I just say this. It's not a matter that I'm putting anybody down, but, you know, I don't want to be calling someone. I'll be helping it very much, and then you can't understand what you're saying. And I feel like I'm calling Microsoft in the old days, you know. I want to have someone I can have a discussion with and ask questions and not struggle with people that English is their third language. So, uh, but but we're not yeah, really I, going to get that. I, okay. Well, that's right. fantastic. And, and you're going to get people that are also right? They're, they're knowledgeable because they're full-time employees with us. They're, you know, in the office with us, you know, in the same time zone. And, and right. so they're very aware of the services and, you know, cryptocurrency and, you know, you get knowledgeable people. Well, that's fantastic. I got to tell you, um, I wanted to do an information thing on this. I think we did a pretty good job and uh, let's hope you hear from some people. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I have no faith in the banks and I think we've presented you with a viable alternative. Guy, thanks so much for joining us again. It's Guy from MyDigitalMoney.com, Guy Gottslack. And Guy, I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for the informative interview. No problem. Thank you, Dave. Take care. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here. And we are the Common Sense Show. We are the show freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And in this segment, we're going to talk to you exclusively well, about two behaviors, if we avoided them and did the opposite, we could turn back this communist takeover of America. And you say, is it that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. But getting there is a little more complicated. But I want you to stay with me here because I'm going to invoke the skills of my past of being a psychology teacher, later a professor. And I'm going to, well, let's put it this way, classes in session. Before we go there, though, did you overindulge during the holidays? Not that you had too much fun with your friends and family. We should. Everything that the globalists are trying to take away from us, our sense of family, our sense of responsibility, raising kids the right way, moral background. Okay, you get it. Now, I'm talking about you ate too much. And it's a problem. It's creating major health problems uh, for Americans and we are the fattest nation on earth. It's by design. It's what's in our food. But also, too, sometimes we do overindulge. And so most Americans now, over half of us on our New Year's resolutions, have losing weight as a goal. But it's a daunting task to go from zero to 60 to try to turn that around. So you need to jumpstart. And in this product right here from Biotrust, it's called Belly Trim, has the essential elements in it necessary to Store fat slowly, burn fat quickly. And it's a label, but in the data that I'm going to send you to, you'll see the research done by Biotrust 
that will show you how you will lose the weight. And if that's not enough to give you confidence to spend some money to lose the weight, well, then how about a money-back guarantee? 60-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked, great discount. You won't believe the amount of the discount. Let me send you there now, trimwithdave.com. That's trimwithdave.com. Well, we have, as I said in the intro, two behaviors that we need to turn around. In the face of overwhelming evidence, why aren't Americans acting? You know, I was watching uh, Lynette Zahn, who I really have a lot of respect for, and she was talking about the importance of gold and silver and so forth in your portfolio. And she was so clear and so on point and so accurate with her criticism of fiat currency, in which they all eventually fail. There was a lady that made a comment in there, and I commented to her. And she said, same old doom and gloom. It's just boring. Excuse me. The dollar is failing before your eyes. And this woman just doesn't want to believe it. And although I have to infer from reading her comment what psychological condition she's invoking to protect herself from the reality of the pain of the situation we're in, it's pretty easy to infer. She has a bad case of cognitive dissonance. We like predictability. We are programmed as every mammal is. We want a predictable environment. Just look at your pets. Look at your dogs. Look at your cats. They don't like change. They don't like upsets. They like predictable routines. But we're not a lot of different. Now, we are because sometimes our higher centers of our brain like to be teased, entertain, challenge ourselves, and enjoy. But Effectively, we like the basic fundamental things that we can count on. And anything that comes along that threatens that, we go, oh, no. The CIA was right in 1967. It's a conspiracy theory. It could never be true. Things are going to be just fine. They're going to be the way that it was meant to be. Everything's fine. Go back to sleep. No problem here. Okay. That's cognitive dissonance. And that's a design to psychologically protect ourselves from the horror that soon the Chinese will be in your streets, soon the dollar will fail, soon we'll be having CVDC, unless we can turn all this around, as soon these things are here. They're here now. You'll own nothing, and they'll love it. And people just, that's not going to happen. They can't make us eat bugs. They can't put us in smart cities. They can't. Cognitive dissonance. Fundamentally, the societies on this planet are going to change in a very dramatic way. And it's already happening. And for anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear, you can see it. You can absolutely see it, ladies and gentlemen. And you're saying, well, what do we have to do about it? The Nazis had a saying. The bigger the lie and the more you say it, the more the people will come to believe it. The same thing is also true about the truth. The bigger the truth, the more you say it, the more people will come to believe it. Same thing. Same thing. It's called conditioning. And in the vernacular in psychology, we call it operant conditioning. 
we can continue to bombard people with the truth and eventually they'll hear it. I remember in the early days when I was fighting my property rights battle and I said to myself, okay, McCain's a crook. The people that are supporting him in state government are a crook. They're trying to steal our land over time, not compensate us, violate the law, violate our rights. These people are flat evil. But I wanted to believe it stopped there. But I knew inside it didn't. And finally, I had to admit the truth after repeated exposure. And then I got offered a radio show because I was repetitively on the same shows talking about what was happening to us. And I had to say, I got to do something. I'm going to stand for the truth. And I will tell you, there is a cost to pay. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been denied employment. Been absolutely denied. Offered a job once. Oh, no, no, no. You're a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm just telling the story about how I'm being ripped off and how other Americans are at risk for the same thing. Um, Doesn't matter. You have to sing the happy song or we can't hire you. I can't do that. And then I realized I had an obligation to our youngsters, not just in my family, but to all families, that I knew our kids' future is screwed unless I did something. That was my awakening. When I used to hear people who were ahead of me on the learning curve, and they would say things like Doug Hagman, who's now a friend of mine, uh, I thought, yeah, I like Doug. He's intelligent, well-spoken, seems like a good guy. And this is before I knew Doug personally. And I thought, but man, he's kind of out there on some things. And today I look back on it, I see Tuck was pretty conservative in his conclusions. It's the repeated process of getting people past that. Now, there's a second condition besides cognitive dissonance. It's called bystander apathy. The research shows that in a large city like New York, and they've done experiments, fake heart attacks, People step around the body, step over the body. Oh, someone else will take care of it. There's 8 million people in the city. I'm late for work. No one stops to render help. They've found that for hours. But if you're walking down the streets of, say, a nice town like Sydney, Nebraska, and someone collapses on the sidewalk, you'll have a crowd. and People will try to administer CPR. They'll be on the phone calling 911. Why? Because large numbers produce anonymity, and we don't have to be involved. And the minute we get involved, there's a risk. It's true. Now, good thing is the Good Samaritan laws protect people who try to render CPR but maybe do it wrong. Uh, they did 50 chest compressions and crushed their ribs as opposed to the 30. And you, you get the idea. Okay, but they didn't do the CPR correctly. Can they be sued? Not if their intentions were right. Not in all 50 states now. But a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people are afraid to get involved. They're take, afraid to take a risk. They're afraid to make a mistake. They're afraid that they'll have to have the spotlight on them and be personally accountable. But it's kind of like 10 people in an elevator. If somebody farts, no one's really sure who did it. If there's two people in the elevator, both people know who did it. Well, the same thing is true in smaller numbers where people are held accountable for their indifference. And this is a tough one to overcome because you can't change the size of your community. Well, look, I know there's a problem, but there's nothing we can do about it. The problem's bigger than me. They have a lot more power than me. Let me just give you one small example. One grain of sand doesn't produce a beach, but billions do. 
And what we can do is just do our part. Do our part. Um, let me give you an example. You take a story like this. You're not producing content. You're not writing articles. You, you don't really want to communicate with your representatives. But you recognize the need to get the word out, and you're hoping collectively enough people will get the idea and rise up, and you can join the masses when it's safe to do so. Then you just share the content that you come across. You say, well, I don't know if this is really true or not, but I think it's something you ought to look at. And that way you're not even taking a risk of being rejected. And this is some of the ways that we can start to overcome our bystander apathy. Find a small way to contribute. And then pretty soon, collectively, those grains of sand accumulate on the beach before we have a beach, and then we become a beach. And believe me, we need a beachhead against these people right now because we're running out of time. They are panicked, <clears throat> excuse me, because people are waking up <clears throat> and they're becoming more dramatic in their enforcement policies. And they're getting very dramatic and very desperate. And I will tell you this, I firmly believe for reasons I'm going to talk about later today, that we will have Chinese on our on our streets. And I don't mean people of Chinese descent who are good Americans. I don't mean that at all. I'm talking about the importations that are going on, who they are, what their objectives are. And I'm just giving you one small example. I am telling you they're going to take everything from you financially if we don't stop them. They're going to strip you of your rights. And eventually, at the end of the day, they will decide who lives and who dies. There's a cost to indifference. There's a cost to cognitive dissonance. There's a cost to bystander apathy. You don't want to wait till you're cornered and you're isolated and on your own before you decide to fight for what's yours. The time to stand up is now. The time for noncompliance, and we can still do this peacefully. The time for that is now. Find a way to contribute on a daily basis. Make it part of your daily duties because you're fighting for your life. You're not just fighting for your standard of living. You're not just fighting for the future of your kids and, and future grandkids. You're fighting right now for your very life. And if you're a Christian, you're fighting for your soul. Because soon you'll be forced to take the mark. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Thank you for joining us in this segment. I just want to encourage everyone to go to our TV show where we take in-depth documentaries and bring in an expert to contribute. And we explain the bad things going on today that are unprecedented. But more importantly, we're very solution-based and we give you ideas of things you can do to protect yourself. That's the commonsenseshow.tv. We're getting five-star ratings. Join us today, the commonsenseshow.tv.